and welcome back for another season of Confidence and Creativity. I am super excited about this new season and am definitely excited for our guest to kick it off. I am gonna be speaking with Stephen Felton. He is an amazing pianist keyboardist, songwriter, arranger, all of the things. He is currently living in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he is originally from Baltimore, studied at Morgan State University, where he studied classical piano. And now he pretty much can play anything classical, R&B, jazz, gospel, you name it. And so I wanted to bring him on to the show today to really talk about the process of developing creativity because I know if you are like me and you are someone who is in the process of creating, developing, learning, sometimes that process is not always smooth, right? Sometimes we have some frustrations along the way. We might get discouraged. There might be some places that we thought we were gonna get to and we look up and we realize that we're not quite there yet. But one thing that I really admire about Steven is that as long as I've known him, not only has he continued to develop and cultivate his gift, but he also really seems to enjoy the process. So I wanted to bring him on to just encourage all of us who are listening and watching as we are creating, developing, trying new things, maybe even for the first time, um, no matter if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a creative, if you're learning something new, trying something new, just wanted to encourage all of us along our creative journey. So Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Samantha. Appreciate you for having yes. me. Yes, yes. So how have you been? I know we talked, uh, we actually did an Instagram live together about a year ago for Black Music Month. And since then, you've had a recent personal development. Do you, would you like to share with the people what has happened since last year? Since last year, the major life event that's taken place um, for me is that I've gotten married to this wonderful black, beautiful black woman that I am wildly in love with. Um, July 18 at five o'clock in the evening. Yay! Support that news. Yes, that is awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you, thank you so much. Yes, yes. So let's just jump in. And for those who may not know your um, just your musical background and your uh, creative background, just share a little bit about um, what you do and how you got started in music. Okay, well, um, I got started by going to all of my performances with my grandfather. Um, he was a singer. He was in a group called the Maryland All Stars back in the 80s or something. And he uh, had his own group called the called Alvermore and the Gospel Sounds, and they performed around Baltimore and, you know, at various places on the East Coast. So I went everywhere with him, um, not realizing that I was soaking up music. So when I started taking piano lessons, um, I was like, OK, cool. I can hear some things, whatever. Um, went to City, um, Baltimore City College Senior High School, was on the choir there. We traveled all over the world and singing and stuff. And I heard a guy named Patrick Austin play. And all I knew is I wanted to do what he did. He had the audience in his hand, like putty. Every time he touched a keyed instrument, whether it was piano, Hammond, or pipe organ, 
um, he was um, instrumental, you know, pun intended, in the audience enjoyment. And it's amazing to see even today how he, um, how he incredibly well he plays and how then the audience just is moved. Yeah. So that was a, another catalyst. So when I got to college, I went to college as a voice major. I heard everyone else singing. I said, mm, yeah, I think I should play piano. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that because when you started at Morgan, you were not, you didn't go initially for piano. So did, so I was curious if you made that decision, if someone made the decision for you or, and then how did you choose classical? Well, at Morgan, they only teach classical music at the time. They might do something different now, but at the time, um, if you were there as a music major, you just played class. You your lessons were based around classical music. Right. Um, now they did have jazz band. They had various you know groups. Like I was on the choir. Um, then, but they also had the marching band, the symphonic band, all those things. They had a string group. They had a flute group. You know, they had different things. So you do the various styles in those various groups, and even um, playing for musicals. So there I did Crowns, I did Serafina, um, I played, um, I was actually music director for Black Nativity. So all those three, even those three musicals had different genres of music yeah. woven inside of them. Um, but your, your lessons were strictly classical. Got it. Got it. So, so was it challenging for you to kind of switch between all of the genres like because you were getting classical lessons so like were you when you decided to start because you said you started singing right so were you kind of playing on the side or did you have to kind of learn everything in the beginning you know once you started at morgan well i took a few lessons with my grandfather's band leader so i knew a, a little bit about music a little bit about piano um being on the choir in high school I would learn how to play my part, which expanded to learn how to play other people's parts, which then expanded to learn how to play the accompaniment a little bit. So um, I was familiar with, you know, the notes on the piano. I knew a little bit about um, playing music, reading music at the piano. I knew how to sight sing, um, but playing, playing the music that I saw was challenging before I went to college. Um, so when I got to college and I was taking voice lessons and my voice teacher, Marilyn Thompson, um, wonderful voice teacher. She actually wanted me to stay a voice major. Um, but one year I developed bronchitis and I couldn't sing my, for my jury, but I could play. So I said, well, forget singing because I can always play no matter how bad I feel. So got it. the great thing about that is when I got to Morgan, I couldn't play that much, couldn't play that well. I played a little something for the, for the uh, teacher at the time, Robert Jordan. And he was like, okay, see you next week. He gave me my work assignments and I worked hard and um, I was able to remain a piano major and graduate with my degree. That's awesome. That is excellent. So really what I wanted to talk to you about for today's episode is that work piece, right? Because a lot of times those of us who are drawn to creativity in whatever way that we see it we usually see someone else who is I don't want to say at their finish line because we're always working but they're they're further ahead and they have reached some level of expertise that we want to get to right and so 
at least for me, I would say a lot of times when I see someone with a creative gifting and I see how they've used it, I get really excited and say, oh my goodness, this is great. I want to learn how to do that. And then when I start doing it, the gap between what I saw and what I'm able to do, it just seems so big sometimes. So what is something that has helped you just in the process? Because and I, one of the reasons I really love your story is because a lot of musicians are child prodigies or they're kind of like those people who can just, you know, they come out of the womb and they can just do anything like right on the spot, you know, <laughs> and people have to kind of, you know, hone them in or reel them in a little bit. But I really like the stories of people who, you know, you do have some gifting and some natural ability, but it also did take a lot of, you know, discipline and learning and process up front. So what's something that has helped you um, just to go through that work part of it? Well, um, being someone who wasn't a child prodigy, you know, but was always around music, I discovered when I started playing that everything that was in my head and in my heart could come through my fingers. And then I discovered there's things I could hear or that I felt that I couldn't play. So I had to learn how to do those things because it would, it would just drive me nuts that like, oh man, I hear this crazy thing, but I can't figure it out. So I had to learn what worked for me. A portion of that, um, a large portion of that was learning to slow down mm. um slow down on what i uh wanted to play you know once i figured it out but make sure it was in my fingers make sure i could digest it um so that way i can you know regurgitate it so to say um so the first thing was to slow down second thing was to figure out what works for me come up with different formulas um one thing i teach my students um when thinking about how to play certain chords certain places i think about um, a formula that works for them. It worked for me and I share it with them and we tweak it to their needs. Um, so just slowing down, figure out what works for me and then have patience. Mm. Because, you know, just like if you're working out, you have to tear the muscle fat fiber for it to grow back and it's not going to happen overnight. That's the same thing. You might hear this crazy run. Duh, 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 duh. You know, sounds wonderful when they've been doing it, but you don't know the process they had to go through to get to that point. So you have to go through your own process to get that, to still not sound like them, but to sound authentic, authentically like yourself. Right. Hold down, find out what works for you, and then have patience as you work those things. Yes. And I, I think those are great principles that really can be applied to anything, right? And I think, you know, especially in the the age that we're in now, everything appears instant, right? A lot of times when you see people even coming out with something, they'll say, oh, this is what I did for the first time. And it's like this professional level thing, right? Because a lot of times people don't show their process. Like they, they, they are practicing, they're working, they're learning, but a lot of times it's behind the scenes. And most of the time people don't show that progression. And so I think for, for me, sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, something I have to remind myself is that even when someone appears for the first time, like on social media or wherever it is where you see them, they have been putting in work 
behind the scenes that most of the time they don't show, right? So nobody shows the notes they get wrong, the things they get wrong, the, you know, whatever the thing is that they're working on, that frustrating moment. Like most people are not running video while that's happening, right? <laughs> but I think that is really important to remember that it does take getting through those moments to move to the next thing. So I guess along with that, how do you know, or how do you kind of conclude, all right, I've been working on this. Maybe it's not my thing. Maybe I need to try something else. Like what is the difference between that? And then, you know, it's just, you could be better at this, but you're just really not putting in the effort that you need to. Well, there was a pastor recently who, who was a visiting, who's visiting the church where I play. And he was talking about in Corinthians, how God has not given us the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a strong mind. Okay. And his sermon was based around the fact that God didn't give us fear, but we have it. Mm. However, if we have the fear, we can combat that fear or those frightful thoughts and things like that with, with what God did give us, which was power or the ability to do love or passion for whatever it is that we were going to do and a sound mind to use the plan around our passion and our ability. That's good. You can literally do whatever and take it out of context a little bit. You can do whatever you want to do, but you, you got to use that ability. You know, we all got ability to do something, you know, just cause we have the ability to do it. We don't have to mean I have the passion. Sometimes we have the ability and the passion, but we don't put our strong mind to work to plan well, to create a plan of action, um, to execute perfectly. Mm. To credit, you know, you said there are some people who just wake up singing, sounding great. Um, what separates them from a person who had to, who, so what separates them from being someone who is just naturally talented and very good and someone who is more successful is the fact that they are prosperous in that area it's that they put good work together with their ability, wherever it may be. Yeah. So we complain that, like, oh man, I know somebody that sings better than this. Or I know who played better. I know someone who's more talented in this area, but that person who's talented didn't put that good work. So what separates mm. um, the person who, uh, maybe this ain't for me, is where's your passion? Just because you got the ability to do it, do you have the passion to? From the person to who, you know, I just need to put more oomph in it. You got the passion and the ability, but you got to put that strong mind to work to create that plan of action to move forward and put that work ethic, that good work, good work plus intention equals um, prosperity. Um, so like you got to have the passion and the put the strong mind to use to get things moving. Yes, that's awesome. You see everyone why I wanted Stephen to be our first guest. We got, he's preaching. We got some scriptures in there. We got some notes. I hope you all are taking some notes from this. He's, he's dropped some amazing gems already. So this is, this is great. But no, I think that's definitely true because it's, it's definitely really moving past just the desire to do something and actually figuring out how to take move from that desire to that reality. And I really like what you said about slowing down because even within our lives, you know, we may not think about how we can fit 
our goals even into our daily lives, right? Because we have to create time for that. I know that's something that I am constantly working on is yes, I want to have this creative time. I want to have time to be able to work on these things, but then my whole day is full, right? So then by the time I get to the end of the day, I may have time, but then I don't have energy, right? And it also takes a mental focus and a mental effort to work on any creative pursuit because your brain is learning and forming new connections, right? So you want to be able to have your brain be involved in the process as well. And I'm sure that also helps you with retention, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think it's important to have, um, to make sure that you're thinking about the way your life needs to look and designing your life in a way where you can, you know, get that creative time in. So what are your thoughts on, and I, you've probably shared this before, but I really want to capture it here, but your thoughts on the time that you need, because sometimes we'll think, oh my goodness, we need, you know, an hour a day or two hours a day. And a lot of times that's really just not realistic. And I know a trap that I fall into is I might say, oh my goodness, I have 30 minutes today, or I have 90 minutes today. And then it'll be like two weeks later. And then I'll be like, oh, I have to wait until I have another like 30 minutes or 90 minutes. And so the gaps in between is I'm sure it's slowing me down in some way. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Consistency is key. Um, so whether you can do an hour a day, realistically, great. Um, but it's not as, but it's, what's more important is to really look at your life and figure out, can I fit this hour in today, tomorrow, and the next day? or some consistent amount of days per week? Or do I really just need to focus on 10 minutes? Like give myself a dedicated 10, 15 minutes that my phone is on do not disturb, you know, my door is closed, you know, family, friends know this time is sacred, set apart for me and my passion. Um, so that way I can get these goals completed. Because really you can get a lot accomplished in 10 minutes. Yeah. You create your plan, do those things 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes per day, whether it's your morning person, you can do it when you first wake up, your evening person, get it out the way in the evening. You may work and have time on lunch or some break to get whatever it is you want to get in. Just make sure that you can find some level of consistency in whatever that time frame is and allow it to work for you. Um, it's better to have five 20 minute sessions. Um, you know, to get, you know, a hundred hours, hundred, excuse me, five, 20 minute sessions to get a hundred minutes for a week, then to do a hundred minutes one time. And that's it. Mm. Um, so it's the goal is to be consistent with whatever it is and look at your plan. If you look at your plan and say, okay, I can really accomplish this in 10 minutes. Great. What will happen is that 10 minutes again, will be feel so shorter, shorter, shorter. You're going to look at yourself and say, okay, cool. I did 10 minutes, my timer went off. I still want to sit here. So let me keep going. Or I did 10 minutes. Um, I consistent I consistently go past 10 minutes into 15. So now let's budget 15. But it, no matter what you what you want to do, like for example, since 2016, I've lost 75 pounds. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, 
most of it came because of consistently moving, consistently looking at food differently. Um, if you look at things differently, you, if you create a consistent lifestyle change, you will receive uh, results of some sort. Um, so no, you know, I can't just, you know, to lose this weight, I couldn't just say, okay, I'm gonna eat keto this week. That's the diet I'm gonna do for one week. I'm gonna lose all this weight. It's gonna be off forever. No, because when I switch back and I go back to eating trash or I go back to eating whatever I've been normally doing that got me to 300 pounds, I'm going to just stay there. So you got to create consistently some consistency in your lifestyle to achieve these goals. Yeah, no, that that's really good. And I, I realize what I'm learning, even as I am continuing on whatever my goal is that I want, it's, it seems like really the, the same principles still apply, no matter what it is. And it's at one point, or at some point, you have to decide how you're going to integrate your goal into your life. Because otherwise, there's going to be a time period where it's working and where, you know, you're getting close to where you want to go, you're seeing results. And then the moment you stop doing those things that got you there, you don't magically retain that, right? And I don't know about anybody else, but I always hope that that happens. <laughs> and I'm always like, okay, I think it'll just, you know, I'll just remember or, but really you're never maintaining like i don't know if maintaining anything in life without effort is possible maybe that's just an earth law i don't know but it seems like you're really always progressing or you're regressing in some way so if you do something for a week or a month or even a year the longer that you stop doing it you're starting to lose some of the momentum that you that you gained. So what is what are some things that can help you kind of make that transition or that mental transition into okay, I now have to become a different well, I don't want to say a different person, but I have to cultivate these new lifestyle patterns. How do you get there? Well, you have to develop your why. So I want to have an opportunity to share what's on my mind and through music, for example. Um, so in order to do that, I'm choosing the piano to be my artistic vehicle. So I have to take piano lessons and I want to be able to share what I have. So that's my why. In order to share what I have, I have to then um, consistently do something um, and be conscious about it. You know, yeah, yeah. Ten minutes at the piano, um, and happen to have lessons. You know, so I have my thirty-minute, hour-long lesson on one day. Then I have four sessions, practice sessions of ten, twenty, thirty minutes, whatever fits into my lifestyle. Um, and I can set those benchmarks uh, for for people who play piano or any any instrument as well. Um, you can say, well, I want to play my scales at 100 beats per minute. Um, but I can't start at 100, you know, so that's my benchmark, that's my goal. So I can test and see how fast I can go, maybe I can only do 75. So then back down to 70, start at 70, do whatever works for me as far as getting clean in 70, push up to 73, and whatever, maybe two days do 73, then the next two days do 76, so on, so on, so on, until I get to 100. 
but then go past 100. So then I might go to 110, 115. And then once I get comfortable there, go back to 100 and see that, oh, I can make this benchmark. Let's go to the next benchmark. Um, so remember your why and why am I doing this? Why am I trying to achieve this goal? Because I want to share what's on my mind. In order to say effectively, I need my scales to be at this point. So you gotta be, um, you gotta have your why, you gotta be focused, concentrate on your why, be conscious in your efforts consistently as you practice. And those things will help you achieve those goals. Like I said, you know, in regarding the weight loss, you know, I was 300 pounds, I had prehypertension, I was pre-diabetic, I was suffering from gout attacks, um, I was tired all the time. I had sleep apnea, you know, I had all these things. And my why was to not be those things, not have those health issues, not die from something that I could prevent through the choices I made with food and exercise. So knowing that I did not want to have diabetes and have to go on insulin, knowing that I did not want to have to take hypertension medicine, knowing that I did not want to suffer from gout all the time, knowing that I want to be able to take a nap and be able to be rested, you know, and not have to, not happen to use my CPAP machine, you know. Um, I had to decide not to eat chicken boxes all the time. I couldn't just get, I couldn't have the same amount of portions on at dinner that I used to. So I had to consistently use smaller plates. I had to drink water. Yeah. I had to drink any soda or half and half, like, you know, half of all of us do in Baltimore City. So um, I had to make those changes and be consistent with those changes. Um, and that consistency led to my goals. Even as a musician, there are certain things I can play now that I couldn't play before because I consistently stayed doing X, Y, Z. And there's things that I couldn't play that I could play before that I may not play now, but I can get to that point and play them again because I already this in my fingers and my muscle memory. I, it's in my head. Just got to make sure I work consistently to get up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is so good. That is so good. I hope everybody is encouraged no matter what it is that you're working on. Cause these principles can just be applied to, to so many things. I think this is great. So one other point that I really um, wanted you to share was just even talking about the connection with faith and creativity, right? Because, you know, we are believers over here at Confidence and Creativity, just believing in the gifts and talents that God has given us. And so that's something that I always like to talk about. But I think that you mentioned just a different um, way of even interpreting those gifts and talents. And you talked about the relationship between creativity and stewardship. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, you know, for those of us who had parents who gave us things, whatever those things were, they may have given us a new pair of shoes. And we were told that those shoes were for school and not for play. When you go play in those shoes, you're going to mess them up. But you wear them to school because it's you're not doing things that's going to mess up those shoes, right? Um, so we can look at our gifts, our talents, whatever they may be, in a similar fashion. Um, we want to make sure that we are taking care of them so they can last a long time. You know, we want to make sure we're investing in our gifts so that way they can continue to last. Um, and when you have these gifts that you want to maintain, that you want to cultivate, because everyone doesn't necessarily, there's probably tons of people who can sing way better than our favorite artists that don't. 
because they don't care to share that. And that's fine. Mm. That's fine. Um, but for those of us who do have talents that we want to share and we want God to continue to bless, so whoever our creator is, whoever given it to us, we want to be able to honor them by um, sharing it with the world and using that as part of our testimony or our outreach, evangelism, as you may say. Um, we want to make sure we take care of those, take care of that thing. Um, because truly our gifts will make room for us. Um, there's been times where, you know, as a musician, someone will call me and say, hey, can you do something in two hours? You know, oh, wow. I can sight read or because I hear well, or I may have already known the music, I can do that. And they called me not knowing that I had a need, you know, that need that I needed met. So my, because I have this talent, I was able to go and take care of whatever they needed so I can be compensated and then take care of whatever I had going on. If I didn't work on my sight reading, if I didn't work on my playing, if I didn't work on playing by ear, if I didn't work on being a good person and having solid relationships, my gift at that moment couldn't be used to make room for me. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of our gifts through practicing, um, through, you know, working, going and sharing them so we can get the, the bugs of playing for people out. So we can take what we use in our woodshed and put it and share that product in the world so it can be more comfortable playing it. Um, when it comes to stewardship, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to invest in yourself, whether it be lessons of some sort, whether it's one-on-one -on -one lessons, whether it's tutorial videos, whatever it is. Um, you want to make sure that you are being intentional about making sure that your why can be served by the process of which you're taking care of that gift. Um, it's as if you have this, 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 the most beautiful thing in the world that everybody wants to see, that everyone would be, that would like to see it because it's wonderful looking, but you're keeping it to yourself. Mm. And that's up to you. You can do that. But those who do want to share it and, you know, you're presenting this beautiful thing that has dust on it or that it might be dirty or it's not as shiny because you didn't take the moment to, you know, shine it or whatever. People might still appreciate it, but how much more could be appreciated had you put in that little extra work to do what you need to do to make that thing shine uh, and make it more appealing? And then how many more people can you draw in? Now, you can look at it from the spiritual aspect, but even from a financial perspective, from a financial standpoint, you know, if I say, okay, cool, I'm gonna write a song, my song, give me a topic. Oh, a topic for a song? Yeah, right now, just give me a topic, anything. Mm, ocean. ocean. I'm ocean. in beach mode right now. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I'm you in beach mode, you're happy, right? Good, give me a letter between A and G. A letter between A and G. Yeah. Um, C. Okay, C, right? So you're in old beach mode, you go to the beach, you're all excited, yeah, you want to party. So if I go and do this. Yeah, I, that's not going to work. <laughs> I got to make sure I'm appropriate with that gift. And so when I do share it, you know, it's appropriate and all that type of thing. But you definitely want to make sure that you're not fumbling all over the place because you're going to cut off money. So if you're like, you know, here, we here at Mission Key um, Communications want to make sure that we are give, we hire you to do a wonderful job that we know you can do, and I don't, then therefore you aren't going to pay me. So Very I true. On, and I know, I know you wouldn't, so that's why I need to be on my P's and Q's, take care, be a good steward of my gift, so that way I can in turn get 
a return. Right, right. No, that's very true. So when you just asked me to name a letter between A and G, was that the key you were playing in? Yeah, I was playing the C minor. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to explain that for our uh, non-technical, I mean, non-musician people who may be listening. So, I mean, since you just brought the keys out and everything, I mean, do you want to like, you know, leave us with some, you know, some music, some, I don't know, some sound? What do you want? What do you want to do? Um, I was using that as an example, but uh, <laughs> what's your what's the song you're working on right now? Can you give us a little a little tease of something? Sure, sure. sure. So this is a song that um that I was you know last year with Rihanna Taylor and what happened with her and the tragedy and that actually happened right down the road, right down seventy five. Oh right, I didn't even think about that. So um. I was, you know, like most people, I'm just distraught because that could have been my sister. It could have been my mom. It could have been me. Um, so I just, I was at my keyboard. I was, excuse me, I was at my guitar, actually. And I don't play guitar that well. I just, I play it to teach in school. But I figured out some chords. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, I don't want to say the song is necessarily a tribute to her, but it was inspired by um, those events that took place and even the emotions I felt as things were unfolding, as they tried to, you know, bash her significant other, how to try to bash her, bash her for living, for being an individual. Um, so this is a song that I'm working on now. It's a world premiere, you know, exclusive, Very exclusive. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, don't worry. I've recorded it already. So I already got it copywritten, but uh, no one has heard it, but you and me and whoever is listening now. Awesome. song that I'm working on now. I'm arranging it and, and adding other instruments and things like that. So hopefully um, I'll have a finished version for you to share with everyone, for me to share with you. And wow. That, that was amazing. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for allowing me to share. You know, I just get excited when people say, can you do something like that? <laughs> No, that is awesome. So that was our first 
world premiere experience on the podcast. That is, that's exciting. That is exciting. Yes, yes. So Stephen, thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today. I definitely hope that everyone who is listening and watching is able to just take some gems and some jewels from what you shared. And the next time we are frustrated in the midst of our creative process that we will remember our why, remember our motivation and remember that it is possible to improve and get from where we are now to where we want to be. So thank you so much. So before we let you go, definitely want to have you share um, just what you are um, doing, where people can find you. Cause I know you talk about teaching, so I don't know if you're taking new students or what you are, what you're doing with that. So I'll let you share that and then share your uh, social media so people can follow you. Great. Well, I am taking on private piano students. Um, you can find me at stephenfeltonmusic.com. Um, there you can listen to some, some music, including at some point the song that I shared today. Um, you can also sign up for piano lessons. Uh, I also have an Instagram page as well as a Facebook page, and both of those are Stephen Felton Music. You can find me there as well. Um, I like talking, so you can always reach out to me. Um, I like helping people find out, find if, hey, this music thing is all right, I'm going to do it, or it's not. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm willing to help everyone find out either one of those answers. So just reach out to me, stephenfeldmusic.com, and Stephen Feld Music on Twitter, as well as Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. Great. Well, you can find him everywhere. Thank you again, Stephen, for joining us. And we can't wait to just follow and see what's next for you. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you for allowing me to share time on your beautiful podcast. And until next time, you have a great one. Okay? Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you.